Could you take the word of God with me? And we'll go in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. How many of you have heard about the, the Kia boys trend? How many of you have heard about that? Anyone at all? Okay. My wife, that's it. Uh, you can look up the story. Uh, it's been going on for a couple of years. Uh, but there was a TikTok trend where some people figured out that you could, you could pry your way into and actually start a Kia automobile with just a screwdriver and a USB cord. Now, please don't take this and steal a Kia. I don't want to be responsible. But this was a, a crazy trend, especially in the United States, where you had uh, 11, 12-year-old boys joyriding in Kias that they were able to steal themselves and start. And these unassuming car thieves were wreaking havoc in the United States. And, and tonight, we're, we're not going to uh, look at those particular thieves, but there are some unassuming thieves in each of our lives that rob us of the joy that God has given us. Here in Philippians 4, verse 4, now please understand, this is not being written by someone chilling on a beach in Hawaii. This is not being written by someone who's retired, got money in the bank, and is on a cruise. This is being written by a man who is in prison. A man who has given his life to serving God and he's been shackled for it. And here he tells us, inspired by the Holy Spirit in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you didn't hear me, Again, I say, rejoice. You know what God is commanding us there? He's commanding us to enjoy Him all the time. He's commanding us to enjoy who we are in the Lord every day. You know, like those songs we just heard, if we would just stop and think about each day what it means to be in the Lord We'd find plenty of reasons to rejoice. To be in the Lord, to be in Christ, means to be God's child. Means to have the Creator of the universe, the Sovereign Lord over everything, as your Abba Father. The one who has committed Himself to provide for all your needs, to bless you beyond what you can imagine, to give you the most dream job and the, the, the most fulfilling life that you could ever imagine, that's your Father. Rejoice in the Lord. You're in Christ. You're God's child. Enjoy it. To be in the Lord means that every circumstance you face, no matter how bleak, no matter how difficult, no matter how uncertain tomorrow may look, when you are in the Lord, nothing can hurt you. You know that all things work together for good 
to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Christian, you're in the Lord. You're God's child. Nothing can hurt you. Your Father's working all things together for your good. You are more loved than you can fathom. You know, every time we think about the cross, we should be reminded that we are loved beyond reason. God's love is, is unreasonable. That, that He would be willing to, to slay His Son and to pour out His wrath upon His Son to save you and me, that's a crazy kind of love. And that's how much God loves you. So you're in the Lord. Enjoy it. Rejoice. And so as Christians, every day of our lives, every moment of our lives, even if we're in prison like the Apostle Paul, when people have forsaken us, when people hate us for no reason, no matter the circumstance that you or I could ever face, God has given us a joy that we can hold on to, that we can experience all the time. But we've got to be aware of some, some joy thieves. And they might be unassuming like those Kia boys. They might be a regular part of our life and we don't even realize it. But I'm going to show you tonight six joy thieves. Six things that could be stealing your joy tonight. Number one, we're going to call this fella Distracted Dave. Distracted Dave. And these names may come across as comical. I'm hoping that they'll help you remember, that they'll personify these things for you. But this isn't a comical matter. Your God is intent on you enjoying your relationship with Him. And so I hope we'll take this seriously. But the first joy thief we find is Distracted Dave. Notice verse 5. So, the Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. And then verse 5, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Moderation, it means to be mild, to be gentle. If you look up the word moderation in Webster's Dictionary, it means avoiding extremes of behavior or expression. Calm and temperate. So here's the progression of the passage. When you're someone who's enjoying your God on a daily basis and enjoying what it means to be in the Lord and you're rejoicing in the Lord always, it's not a fleeting thing based on circumstances or emotions. It's a settled peace in your heart and a contentment. I'm in the Lord. When that's how you're living, then there begins to be manifest this moderation, this this equilibrium, this gentleness, this calmness, where even when, when waves come and, and, and things hit your life that you weren't expecting, there's this calm. Even when people mistreat you or, or say things to you that are unkind, there's this gentleness, even in the face of opposition. And what we see in verse 5, let your moderation, this calmness, this peace, this gentleness in the midst of any circumstance, let this be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. What are we seeing in verse 5? We're seeing the Apostle Paul really describe our gospel purpose as believers. We live in a fallen world. 
We live in a world where we wake up every day with plenty of reasons not to rejoice, with plenty of reasons of compl to complain, with plenty of reasons to be upset, with plenty of reasons to be stressed, just like the world. But when the world sees us in the midst of trying circumstances, in the midst of op opposition, and they see this moderation, what does that do that glorifies our Heavenly Father? Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. What is he saying there? The, the Lord is going to return any moment. And the Lord is near. You're not on your own. I haven't left you to face life's obstacles by yourself. The Lord is at hand. And so until he returns, let your moderation, let this peace, this joy, this contentment that comes from being a Christian, let it be known unto all men because I want all men to be saved. And Christian, this is our gospel purpose, to let the world see what Christ has done for us. So when we're dragging our bottom lip, when we're complaining or we're stressed out just like everybody else, we're distracted from our gospel purpose. And we let circumstances and trials deviate us from this beautiful purpose of making God known. And so can I encourage you? Don't let the circumstances or the people in life distract you from this beautiful purpose. Every day you wake up, no matter what's going on around you, God wants you to enjoy Him and make Him known. And don't let distracted Dave come along and get you so focused on a circumstance or a situation that's beyond your control or a person who's driving you crazy. Don't let distracted Dave come along and steal your joy. Number two tonight... God's given you this joy, but here's another thief. Anxious Andy. Anxious Andy. Notice how our text goes on in verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. The word careful, it means to be worried. It means to be concerned. It means to be anxious. Now, We've got to understand, being worried or being concerned about something isn't always wrong. But what we're concerned about primarily, what we're worrying about primarily, and how we respond to worries and concerns, that's what's important. And that's where worry can become sin. Here are a few things, Christian, that your God doesn't want you worrying about one bit. Matthew chapter 6 and Luke 12. Take no thought. It's the same Greek word. Don't worry. Don't be concerned about your life. What ye shall eat, what ye shall put on. Don't, don't take any thought for raiment. I'm your father, and if I take care of the birds of the field and, and I take care of the lilies, I'm going to take care of you. And, and Christian, can I ask you, if an anxious Andy has come along in your life, and got you so fixated on, on some monetary need that it's stealing your joy. And all the while, you've got a Father in Heaven who's promised to provide all your needs, and you're letting anxiety steal your joy. It doesn't have to. We're commanded, take no thought for your life, these temporal needs. We're also commanded, take no thought for the morrow. 
Wow, that gets a lot of us in trouble, doesn't it? What about this situation? What if that happens? What if this person does this? What if this doesn't fall into place? Take no thought for the morrow. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You've got enough problems today to concern yourself with and to get through. Don't borrow trouble. Take no thought for the morrow. The only one who can do anything about tomorrow who's already there is God. So leave it in His hands. Take no thought for your life. Take no thought for the morrow. But you know there are some things that God wants us to be greatly concerned about and even invest some worry into. 1 Corinthians 7, you read verses 32 through 40, you find out that God would have us free from the cares of the world so that we can care for the things of the Lord. And you know, when you are concerned most of all with the things of the Lord, you're going to enjoy peace. But when our concerns are mainly with our own physical needs or cares of this world, that's when you experience anxiety. But shift your focus. Care for the things of the Lord. The Apostle Paul also shows us here in Philippians uh, chapter 2, he's talking about how, how Timothy would naturally care for the Philippian state. Timothy, like Paul, would be worried or concerned about the Philippians and want what's best for them. And Christian, there may be some people in your life you're, you're worried about, you're concerned about, and that's not sin. But what you do about that worry, what you do with that concern, that's where it can become sin. Because we're going to see in the passage what God wants us to do with all these cares and all these worries. Verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. What's the third thief of our joy? Prayerless Pete. Prayerless Pete. He gets you distracted so that you, you're, you're not focused on your gospel purpose. Then he gets you anxious about these things that are beyond your control. And then he does everything he can, prayerless Pete, to keep you from, from, from praying. From, from going to the one person who can do anything about the problems you're worried about. But I want you to see here the, the formula that Paul gives for, for prayer. Prayer, that's a generic term for, for talking to God. Supplication, that's a prayer arising from a sense of great need. You know, a lot of times we're not, we're not obeying this. We're not praying with prayer and supplication because instead of recognizing, you know what I need in this moment more than anything? I need God and His help. Instead, we try to come up with all the solutions ourselves. And we try to fix the problem first. Would you go to God with prayer and supplication, acknowledging your great need for Him? And let Him take care of it? I love this word, request. It says, let your request be made known unto God. A request is something you ask for. It's when you walk up to the Tim Hortons counter and you say, I'd like a small regular. And you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a small cup of coffee with one cream and one sugar. That's what you ask for. You know, a lot of us don't pray like that. Our prayers are so vague, we don't even know what we're asking for. And then we wonder 
why we struggle in prayer and, 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 and then we're finding ourselves asking, what was the use of that? What was the use of going to God in prayer? You didn't ask for anything. Request something specific. God is saying, tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Bring your requests to me. Too often we're not specific, and so prayer becomes redundant, and we're not seeing prayers answered or granted, so we think, what's the use of that? But you know, a lot of times the reason why we're not bringing specific requests to the Lord because we're ignorant of His will. We don't know what to ask. And we're all going to come to times in our lives where, like Paul said in Romans 8, we know not what to ask for. We just have no clue, okay? And that's where we just have to let the Holy Spirit guide us. But 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15, this is how God wants us praying the majority of the time. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions, same word for request, that we desired of Him. So Christian, next time you're facing a problem, next time anxiety is trying to steal your joy, go to God and tell Him about it and tell Him what you need. Tell Him what you want. Bring your request to God. Fourthly, another thief of our joy, thankless Theodore. Ooh, this is the one that gets all of us. Thankless Theodore. You know why there are a lot of miserable Christians walking around? Because they're not thankful. Thankless Theodore. You want the quickest route to being miserable and to losing your joy? Stop thanking God. This, this I believe, if the, every word is important. But if I had to pick a phrase, I believe this has to be the most important phrase in verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? With what? With what? And because that is missing from our prayers. And because thankless Theodore has invaded far too many prayer closets, that's where we're losing our joy. You know, it's interesting. It says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know what that literally means? To inform someone of something. To give someone information. Why does God need to be informed of anything? 1 John 3 verse 20 says, God knoweth all things. We read in Matthew that He knows what things we have need of before we ask Him. So why do we need to make known to God our needs with thanksgiving? I believe it's so that you and I will know inside and have the confidence when we pray with thanksgiving that my Father knows. You can read in, in Scripture that God cares for you. You can read that. You can hear about other people who have an abundant relationship with God. But until you get alone with Him and pray with thanksgiving, claiming His promises, giving Him specific requests, and hearing Him inter and experiencing Him intervene in your life, it's not until then that you really know 
inside that your God cares for you. This isn't for God. This isn't because He doesn't have all the information. This is because He desperately wants to answer your prayers and bless you and, and, and re- restore your joy. But He's just waiting for you to ask. And thanksgiving is when we go to God and we begin our prayers and we end our prayers saying, thank you God for hearing me. Thank you for knowing what's best for me. Thank you that you are at work in my life and these prayers are not in vain. Thank you for this circumstance. Thank you for how you're making me more like the Lord Jesus through this. Thank you, God, for your promise that if I ask anything according to your will, you hear me. That's how God wants us to pray. And if you've allowed thankless Theodore to invade your life or your prayer closet, kick him out. And you begin to pray with thanksgiving. I want you to see the promise that results from praying like that. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word keep, it means to guard. In 2 Corinthians 11 verse 32, we read of a city being kept or guarded with a garrison. This world and the, the devil and our flesh launches all kinds of things, fiery darts at our minds that seek to destroy our joy, steal our peace. But when we will take God's command here seriously about how to deal with it, He promises that His peace will guard our hearts and minds. Number five, and we'll, we'll finish with these last two. We won't belabor it. But another thief of joy. And I had to find a name that started with you. And I, I just like this one. Ugly Usman. You've probably met an Usman. We're in a multicultural city. And he's probably not ugly. But this one is. Ugly Usman. We don't have time to really go through uh, verse 8. But every day there are thoughts that are launched at our minds. And you know what? They're ugly. But everything we see here, this is what God wants you focusing your mind on and thinking on every day. Things that are true. We know there are a lot of things that are true, but they're not. Notice next. Honest or honorable or just or pure or lovely. If we really took this verse seriously and devoted our minds to only thinking on things that are lovely, there's a lot of junk that we're allowing into our minds. And it's not lovely. And quite frankly, it's ugly. Thoughts of condemnation. Thoughts of uh, perpetual guilt. uh, Any kind of thought that, that doesn't align with this, it's ugly. And so Christian, what we need to ask ourselves Instead of going through this catalog, is this true? Is this? And, and, and that wouldn't be a bad thing to do. But this right here is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is true. He is honorable. He is just. He is pure. He is lovely. He is of good report. He is virtuous. He's worthy of praise. And so you and I need to begin filtering the thoughts that enter our minds. And we need to ask, does this look or sound like the Lord Jesus. And if it doesn't, you need to kick it out. There's a lot of ugly thoughts that seek to steal our joy. 
But you and I have the choice what we'll think about. And we can set our mind on Christ. Finally, number six, thieves of our joy, disobedient Dan. Disobedient Dan. Notice how our passage finishes in verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Let me read that again. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What? 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 So, if we've heard this teaching, if we've seen it modeled by the Apostle Paul and maybe some, some godly people in your life, and you know that this is how you can rejoice in the Lord always, but you choose not to do it, can you expect, expect the last part of this verse to apply to you? And the God of peace shall be with you. You know, there are a lot of people that want the peace of God. They want the warm, fuzzy feelings inside. They want that equilibrium. They want that, that, that moderation, being able to be resolute in any circumstance. They want the peace of God, but they're not willing to obey the God of peace. And you can't have it both ways. God's given us this prescription He's given us everything we need to rejoice in Him always. But you and I have got to choose to do it. But what a promise. The peace of God will guard us. The God of peace will be with us. And you and I can rejoice in the Lord always. Let me urge you, don't let these thieves steal your joy don't get distracted from your gospel purpose. Don't let anxiety creep in and take over your mind. Don't let prayerless Pete get, get a foothold in your life and keep you out of your prayer closet. Don't let thankless Theodore keep you from thanking your God. Don't let ugly thoughts distract you from Christ. And don't let disobedience keep you from rejoicing in the Lord always. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We thank You for Your Word. And Lord, I needed this message more than anyone. And Lord, it's easier said than done, but we are so thankful that we've been reminded tonight that every day when we wake up, we can enjoy You. And we don't have to be overcome by anxiety. Lord, we don't have to figure out all these things on our own you're, you're ready and waiting to hear us and to grant our requests. So Lord, I pray that whatever thieves we have allowed into our lives, that they be kicked out tonight. Oh Father, I pray that we would be a people that just enjoy You and live to make You known. Please work in our hearts in this brief invitation we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. As the piano plays, if God has spoken to you, would you respond?